We hope you're blessed and encouraged by the following study from Calvary Chapel, Elmani. It's our simple prayer that you would grow stronger and deeper in an intimate and personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Should you have any questions, please feel free to contact us here at Calvary Chapel, Elmani. Chapter 16 As we come to a great section of the Bible... Um, and I had all intentions to cover the entire chapter, but, um, you know, I just really sensed the Lord just leading us to discover it. Uh, this week we're going to do part one, next week part two, even as we've slowed down because there's so many lessons in the life of this guy, Samson. Because look what we read here, Judges chapter 16, beginning in verse 1. It says, Now Samson went to Gaza and saw a harlot there, and went in to her. You know, it's so sad to see Samson go down so deep into depravity, so far into the territory of the enemy. You know, I don't know if you guys have a map, but if you'll notice on a map, you guys check it out later, Man, he's way down deep into enemy territory. Well, probably somewhere around 75 miles out of the path of where he belongs. You know, once again, as we've studied the life of Samson, we see he sins with his feet, going to where he doesn't belong. He then sins with his eyes, as he did back in chapter 14. Look there real quick, if you would, to 14. In verse 1, now Samson went down to Timnah and saw a woman in Timnah of the daughter of the Philistines. You come back up to Judges chapter 16. Now Samson went to Gaza and saw a harlot there. Now Samson was a man like many men today, sinning with their feet, sinning with their eyes, right? Looking where he should not look in ways he should not have been looking. And here we see, to make matters even worse, this time it wasn't just a daughter of the Philistines, it was a harlot of the Philistines. Now Samson fell, and he fell into sexual sin. Now we've studied the life of Samson, and I know he's a real famous character, a real famous judge in the Bible, but you know he had a huge problem with girls. We saw that back in chapter 14. When he fell for a Philistine woman, we see it here, the judge of all Israel sleeping with a prostitute. Now, I know for Samson, uh, something was unique. Uh, they say it's every man's battle. But clearly we see here that it's Samson's bondage. You know, when you think of Samson, I think what makes part of the story so tragic was that he was a man with so much potential. You know, Samson right here we see was gifted in an incredible way, lifted up by God, and yet brought down so low by his sin. You know, this is why Billy Graham, he warns the men, you know, guys, beware of those three things. Don't touch the glory, don't touch the gold, and don't touch the girls, right? That's what he said. Because the mighty have fallen, we've seen it, to pride, money, and women over the years. Even one as mighty as Samson. And so Samson becomes like a poster child 
of Proverbs 6.26 where it says, For by means of a harlot, a man is reduced to a crust of bread. Because he was not in right relationship with God. That's why. Now, some people will say, well, you know what, Manny, you're asking too much. The, the, the Bible's really not contemporary. I mean, we're living in the year 2012. You know, and this is just part of our culture. You know, we don't wait until we're married. You know, we're not faithful to our spouses. I mean, isn't that asking too much of me? And, and yeah, it, in one sense, you know what, you're no match. There's no man here that can do it, but... You know, you gotta know that when you are in right relationship with God, you will stand and you will not fall. You're like, well, Manny, you're married. It's easy for you. You know what? I know guys like Tim Tebow, like A.C. Green, that had girls thrown in front of them and they stood for the Lord. I know people, and it's so cool when you do a wedding, man. I love it when you do a wedding with this guy and this girl and they haven't even kissed yet. Because they're waiting for the pastor to say on that day, you know, you may now kiss your bride. Don't be here tonight and tell me some lame excuse that you can't stay pure. And that you can't figure out how and it's too difficult for you. You know what? All you need to do is to be in right relationship with God. If you're in right relationship with God, He'll take care of you. You see, Samson wasn't there, and so he was reduced to a crust of bread. You know, Samson fell right here, and, you know, he's just an enigma. He's just a, a crazy story. There's so many lessons for us to learn. You know, so before, you know, I get too weird, you, you might think, well, then he was now immediately stripped of his gift and of his power, right? And the position he held, right, as judge of Israel, right? No, that's not what we read. Because look what we read next in verse 2. It says, and when the Gazites were told, Samson has come here. They surrounded the place and lay in wait for him all night at the gate of the city. They were quiet all night, saying in the morning when it's daylight, we will kill him. And Samson lay low till midnight, and then arose at midnight, took hold of the doors of the gate of the city and the two gateposts, pulled them up, bar and all, put them on his shoulders, and carried them to the top of the hill that faces Hebron. You know, one of the things that I think we learn about Samson is that he was a man who never learned. Okay, so that's one thing. He was a man who never learned. But another thing about Samson was he was a man who never earned. He never earned. And by that I mean the same for all of us. The gift that we've been given is 100% grace. It's the grace of God. You know, we see here Samson exercising his gift, even though he had sinned. When the Gazites surrounded Samson, they were going to get him first thing in the morning, you know. And I don't know if they were afraid or what, but they said, you know what, we'll do it in the morning. And so what ends up happening was Samson just lays low until about midnight, and then he goes out, and what he does is he takes hold of the doors of the gate of the city, 
It says he pulls them up, bars and all, and he carries them away, if you look at a map, 60 miles, hundreds of pounds upon his shoulders. In other words, nothing could stop him. This guy was gifted in an incredible way. Now, Samson never learned, we learned that, but also Samson never earned. You know, one thing I learned as a Christian, and, I, and it's kind of a, a weird thing, but you know, we can be, as God's people, when we good, do good, lessons of obedience, but we can also do bad, and then we become lessons of grace. And that's a, that's a real, real heavy thing when you think about it. You know, I just pray that we would never, ever come to the place of thinking that my goodness earned this gift. That because I was such a great guy that God gave me this great responsibility. No, giftedness and godliness are two different things. Now, of course, we know as New Testament Christians, Romans 5.20, that when sin abounded, grace abounded much more. But here in our study we learn this. Not only that, but that we should not continue in sin that grace may abound. We use it. We don't abuse it. We are needy with God's grace. But don't become greedy. As a matter of fact, the thing that you need to take away from this story, there is Samson sleeping with a prostitute. And there is God. He still uses him. What you need to come away with in that story is, man, it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. You know, don't think that just because he hasn't wiped you out or just because he hasn't taken you out that you can continue in your sin. No, let that grace show you how good God is. And let that grace be used by him to turn you from your sin. You know, unfortunately, eventually, inevitably, and tragically, for Samson, he would not repent. Because not only did Samson fall, that's the first point, Samson fell. Second point is Samson fell in love. See, look what it says in verse 4. And afterward it happened that he loved a woman in the valley of Sorek, whose name was Delilah. Now it says right here he loved a woman. We know he didn't really love her, not in the true sense of the word. But, you know, for us as Christians, you know, we kind of just throw that out there. He didn't really love her, you know, big deal. But for us as human beings, we know what it is, huh, when you get whipped, huh? I mean, we know what it is, man, when you fall in that way for someone. From a human perspective, this girl really got him, right? I mean, what happens when you experience that, you know, when you allow that to happen to you, is that becomes almost an intoxication, you know? I mean, you sin with your feet, and then you sin with your eyes, and then you sin with your heart. And so many guys and so many gals have given their heart to the wrong person. You know, if only Samson went to the mountains, instead of going to the valley, if only Samson would have seen the Lord instead of seeing this woman. If only Samson would have loved the Lord instead of loving this woman. Everything would have been different. 
But since Samson refused to be taught, then Samson was caught in the cords of sin that would eventually kill him. And that's why it's a real heavy warning today, you guys. There he was in the clutches of this girl who was heartless and greedy and wicked. I mean, this girl, undoubtedly, she was very beautiful. She was a 10. She was a, the one you would see on the cover of magazines. She had a perfect body. But who cares about that? Man, I pray that that wouldn't be you. You know, you're like, hey, she's fine, and hey, he's buff, and you know, therefore I want her, and therefore I want him. I mean, I'm sorry, but if I could just say this, that's stupid. That is so dumb to be attracted to someone because of their looks. I mean, it's not like you're going to look at their photo all the time and, you know, that's the type of, oh, I like them because they have a nice photo. I mean, no, it's the person. It is the person that you marry. And that's the type of attractiveness that we need to be caught up in. That's the type of person I pray that you would be. First Peter chapter 3, verse 3 and 4 says, Do not let your adornment be merely outward, arranging the hair, wearing gold, putting on fine apparel. Rather, instead, let it be the hidden person of the heart. The hidden person, hidden from these eyes. But it's that person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. You know, I encourage you. Some of you guys here, you're still single, man. You know, I encourage you, be very careful. Make sure that you are not looking like Samson was looking. Because then you might find yourself caught in the cords of sin that lead to your death. Here's Samson in the situation. And so look what happens in verse 5. It says, And the lords of the Philistines, they came up to her, and they said to her, Entice him, and find out where his great strength lies, and by what means we may overpower him, that we may bind him to afflict him. And every one of us will give you 1,100 pieces of silver. Now, more than likely, there were five lords of the Philistines, five leaders. That's kind of the way they had their government. You go back to Joshua chapter 13, verse 3, and it mentions the five lords of the Philistines. But think about this, man. They each offer her 1,100 pieces of silver. This would be somewhere around 28 pounds of silver. Every single one of them. They said, we'll make you a millionaire, you know. They offer her that. And I think, man, Jesus was sold for 30 pieces of silver. Here you have, you know, Samson offered up 5,500 pieces of silver. And notice their strategy right here. And for us, I think it's important to, to really know this because then we can battle this. Because it says right here, the lords of the Philistines came up to her and said to her, what? Entice him. See, that's, that's the strategy. Entice him. That's how the enemy will bring you down. That's how the devil will catch you in cords of sin that will kill you. He'll entice you, right? He'll use people 
to entice you. Now, for one thing, this sounds familiar because remember, if you would, go back to Judges chapter 14. Remember when Samson was first going to get married, he went down there to Timnah and they were going through the whole thing and then he sold the riddle and he says, hey, you know, I'll make a deal with you. You know, I'll tell you this riddle. If you can figure it out, I'll give you 30 changes of clothing. If not, you give me clothing. And so, you know, they gave him the riddle and they were, you know, stumped. They couldn't figure it out. And so what ends up happening was these guys, they come to his wife. And they tell her, listen, you need look at verse 15, Judges 14. It came to pass on the seventh day that they said to Samson's wife, entice your husband that he may explain the riddle to us. You see, Samson had already been there. You know, we know he, he was defeated here. She enticed him. He had already gone through that. And, you know, I just really encourage you, as you go through life, you know, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. But, man, even if you lose, to learn from those defeats. You want to know why? Because when you go through those experiences in your life, you're accountable. And next time, the stakes might be higher. And that's why, when we blow it, man, we've got to make sure that we learn from these things. Samson had already been there. He'd already been enticed. It's familiar to him. It should have been something he learned, but he didn't. It's familiar to him, familiar to us. And it's also familiar because this is one of the enemy's main weapons in the scriptures to entice us. He wants to use that weapon for the same reason he ruined Samson. Look back at Judges 16. It says in verse 5, And the lords of the Philistines came up to her and said to her, Enticed him, Find out where his great strength lies and by what means we may overpower him that we may bind him to afflict him and every one of us will give you 11 pieces, 1100 pieces of silver. You see, this is what the enemy wants to do. And I don't know if any of you can identify with this, but if there's anybody here today who's been struggling in their walk, if there's anyone here today who's been afflicted or been, you know, beat up by the enemy, you know, you need to know that, that you don't have to live that way. I mean, this is the enemy's agenda. Maybe he succeeded in your life. First of all, to strip us of the strength of God. Did you know that we can walk in God's strength? Yeah. He will strip you of the strength of God. Secondly, then, he will overpower you. Have you ever felt that way, man, like you had no power over this temptation, over this situation. And he will then do that, strip us of the strength of God to overpower us in order that he may do what? In order that he might afflict us. He wants to thrash your life. He doesn't want to just topple you. He wants to torture you. He doesn't just want to conquer you. He wants to kill you. That's his agenda. He says to his demons and instruments of unrighteousness and, you know, people and things and situations, man, it would be nice to entice them. And so here's Samson. He's been there, done that, and so he's going to be okay, right? Wrong. Remember, that's one of the things I hope we learn about Samson. He's the man who never learned. 
The enemy will use liars, according to Deuteronomy chapter 13, to entice us. And he will use ladies, according to Job chapter 31, verse 9, to entice us. And it's not just for guys, huh? Girls can be enticed, right? By guys, we need to be very careful. The dictionary defines enticement as to attract someone or tempt them by offering pleasure. You know, it's a real interesting Hebrew word. Again, the lords of the Philistines came up to her and said to her, entice him. Now, the word entice in the Hebrew language, it means uh, to be open. It means to be seduced. And you're like, wait a minute. Those sound like two different things. How can it mean to be open and to be seduced? You see, the reason it's, it's that way is because when one is enticed, he is only enticed because he's open to be enticed. He's open to be seduced. He's opened himself up to be reduced to a crust of bread. That's why in the Bible, this Hebrew word right here, it speaks of the simple ones. It even speaks of the silly one. You know, and I, and it happens. And I don't know if you guys ever hear those stories. I mean, I mean, I heard a story of a pastor who found a sexual sin with his son's girlfriend. I think, Lord, how can this happen? And somewhere along the line, he opened himself up to these things. You see, they lack the word. They lack the wisdom. You know, they lack that personal relationship with God. And, you know, I guess, you know, kind of like Joy was saying in the beginning, I really want to just exhort you to strengthen your personal relationship with God. And it, and it really consists primarily in your quiet time with Him. You know, one of the things that, that I, I really love experiencing in life is going into my garage and closing the door and getting on my face and spending time with the Lord. And sometimes I'll throw in my earphones and I'll just worship God. And then I'll get into His Word and His Word speaks to me. You know, and I know it sounds simple, but you know what? That's really key. That's core. And then the Lord really impressed on my heart recently more than ever. He said, and now here in the congregation, you need to do the same thing. We need to come into this place and worship God. We need to come into this place with hearts ready to seek Him. And as we sing those songs, there's seven songs in the beginning, man, to worship God. And then we get into His Word. You see, it's kind of the same thing. Now, though, we're doing it together as a congregation. And we're asking God to do what? We're asking God to strengthen us. Because then what ends up happening, you guys, is we go out into the world and, uh, and we, we face a lot of temptations, huh? I'm sure you've heard this illustration before, but, you know, the other day I was watching the college football game and I was reminded once again of how it works. You know, we come in here and we're kind of like huddling, huh? We're huddling together and we're getting the instructions from the coach. And I pray that you're listening, you know. And then we go out and then they go out and it's like the real game. Man. It's like the real temptations, the real hits, the real questions of whether or not we're really going to execute in life. It has to do with whether or not we 
enter into a holy huddle with God. Every day to start my day. And then here at church, where we're not playing church. We're not going through the motions. We're not going to see, well, whether or not, you know, it's going to be good enough for me. No, I'm going to come and I'm going to be a participant. I'm going to come and I'm going to seek you, Lord. Because if not, I, I know something like this, you're like, wow, how could that ever happen? You know, it happens when that, that gal Delilah, you know, she crosses your path. And I was thinking about this, you know, it happened to someone like David, it happened to someone like Samson, it happened to someone like Solomon. Can it happen to you? It can happen to me. But right here we see the Lord writing this down because He doesn't want it to happen to us. Samson was simple. As a matter of fact, unfortunately, Samson was super simple. Because look what we read next in verse 6. And you guys are going to think this is crazy. But look what it says in verse 6. It says, So Delilah said to Samson, Please tell me where your great strength lies and with what you may be bound to afflict you. Now you read that and you're like, man, you know, how, 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 how could this be? You know, she's just telling him the plan. I want to take you down. I want to torment you. I want to torture you. I want to afflict you. I want to addict you. Tell me, how can I do it? No? And so Samson, what does he do? He plays games. He said to her in verse 7, Well, if they bind me with seven fresh bowstrings, not yet dried, then I shall become weak and be like any other man. Now these bowstrings would probably be uh, the strings uh, were made to go on bow and arrows. Uh, they were made from the guts of animals. As a matter of fact, the Amplified Bible says gut strings. Okay? <laughs> He says, guess if gut strings not yet dried, they'll, you know, they'll reduce me to a man. And so, it says in verse 8, the lords of the Philistines, they brought her up to her, seven fresh bowstrings not yet dried, and she bound him with them. Now men were lying in wait, staying with her in the room. And she said to him, the Philistines are upon you, Samson. But he broke the bowstrings as a strand of yarn breaks when it touches fire. And so the secret of his strength was not known. And then Delilah said to Samson, I give up. No, she didn't. <laughs> she said, look, you have mocked me and told me lies. Now, please, tell me what you may be bound with. And so he said to her, well, if they bind me with security, with new ropes that have never been used, then I shall become weak and be like any other man. And therefore Delilah, sure enough, took two new ropes, took new ropes, bound him with them and said to him, The Philistines are upon you, Samson. And then were lying in wait, staying in their room, but he broke them off his arms like a thread. <laughs> Delilah said to Samson, Until now you have mocked me and told me lies. Tell me what you may be bound with. And he said to her, Well, if you weave the seven locks of my head into the web of the loom, so she wove it tightly with the batten of the loom and said to him, the Philistines are upon you, Samson. But he awoke from his sleep and pulled out the batten and the web from the loom. Now, if you'll notice now, you know, and I don't want to read too much into it, 
But he's getting a little closer, huh? You know, remember the Nazarite vow, Numbers chapter 6? What were the three things? Don't touch a dead body. Don't, you know, have anything to do with the vine. And don't cut your hair. Remember that? Now, Samson violated the first two already, right? Samson had touched a dead corpse. Samson, Samson went straight into the vineyard of Timnah. Samson was at a drinking party. Samson was, was, was already violating two out of the three. Only one was left, huh? Now what does he do? Oh, it's, you know, cut, tie me with, you know, gut strings or tie me with new strings. And then he says, you know, well, if you weave my hair into the loom, that will do it. And so what ends up happening? He's getting closer. He's playing with sin. And then in verse 15, she said to him, How can you say I love you when your heart is not with me? You haven't confided in me. You have mocked me these three times and have not told me where your great strength lies. And it came to pass when she pestered him daily with her words and pressed him so that his soul was vexed to death that he told her all his heart. And you read the story, you guys, and you ask the question, how can this be, Lord? How can this be? And the answer is, Samson could not see. Could not see. Let me ask you a question today. Can you see? Can you see? Don't take that for granted. Samson could not see. And Samson was not living seriously. He wasn't. To him, this whole thing was a game. Samson was praying, playing with Delilah. He was playing with his destiny. He was playing with the devil. He was playing with sex. He was playing with sin. And he was playing with the Spirit of God. To him, it was a game. He was playing with his future. And he was playing with fire. And the Bible says in Proverbs 6.27, can a man take fire to his bosom and his clothes not be burned? No way. You see, we can't play with sin. Samson does that. And what ends up happening? Again, in verse 15, you know, it just comes to that point. This is kind of like, I don't know what it is. You know, everybody has their Achilles tendon or, you know, whatever it is, that one thing that'll just, you know, make you sin. You know, it's kind of like I was thinking this the other day to the Lord and I was confessing my sin to God and I said, you know what, God? All it takes for me to sin is someone else to sin, you know? <laughs> Have you ever been there? You know, and it's like, man, don't don't be that easy, you know? <laughs> we have to commit ourselves to holiness. Here's this gal and she's, you know, offering him, you know, sex and pleasure, enticements, and, and he's just kind of giving in to all these things but here's the thing that just blew me away. When I read verse 15 and 16, you know, how can you say I love you when your heart is not with me? Right? We've read that before, haven't we? 
And she just kept nagging him and nagging him and pestering him like the enemy will not give up. Who cares? Don't give in. But, you know, Samson had gone through this earlier. Remember, if you would go back to chapter 14 and verse 16. Then Samson's wife wept on him and said, You only hate me. You do not love me. You have posed a riddle to the sons of my people, but you have not explained it to me. And he said there, look, I haven't explained it to my father or mother, so should I explain it to you? Now she had wept on him the seven days while their feast lasted. And it happened on the seventh day that he told her. Why? Because she pressed him so much. And here he is. Deja vu. Same thing. One thing we learn about Samson. He does not learn. And God says to us, and He says to me, listen, you've been here. I've taught you. You've gone through this. You fell last time. Remember? Don't go that way. Well, maybe Samson had this misconception. And maybe Samson was reasoning like this. Well, I got out of it. I got out of it, right? I'm still alive, right? I got out of it. Well, kind of. No, that shouldn't be our approach. Our approach should be, what did you get out of it? What did you learn? Here we are, we say, well, I survived. And God says, but what did you learn? Now, we know that Samson never learned. And so we close with these verses. Look what it says in verse 16 again. And it came to pass when she pestered him daily with her words and pressed him so that his soul was vexed to death that he told her all his heart. And he said to her, No razor has ever come upon my head, for I have been a Nazarite to God from my mother's womb. If I am shaven, then my strength will leave me, and I will become weak and be like any other man. When Delilah saw that he had told her all his heart, she sent and called for the lords of the Philistines, saying, Come up once more, for he has told me all his heart. And so the lords of the Philistines came up to her and brought the money in their hand. And then she lulled him to sleep on her knees and called for a man and had him shave off the seven locks of his head. And then she began to torment him. And his strength left him. And she said to the Samson, she said, The Philistines are upon you, Samson. And so he awoke from his sleep and he said, I will go out as before at other times and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had departed from him. You know, I know it sounds, it sounds a little radical, but I want to just leave this with you in closing. Number one, Samson fell. Number two, Samson fell in love. Number three, Samson fell away. He fell away. You know, he's going to come back, thank God, at the very end, with a suicidal sacrifice, which is so strange. But right here, fell away. It almost reminds me of Genesis chapter 3 in the Garden of Eden where Eve ate of the fruit and then she gave to Adam. 
And Adam had to make a decision. Who do you love more? Adam chose this gal. Samson chose this gal. And she told him all his heart. You see, we need to be aware of this. And you know, you guys, I know for you coming on a Thursday night, I know there's a lot of you here that, you know what, you're, you're in right relationship with God. You're not perfect, but you're proper. You're seeking God. There may be some of you here who aren't, and God is going to give this to you as a wake-up call, as a warning. But also, we need to know what the Bible teaches. You see, our God will not leave us, but He will honor our decision to leave Him. You see, First Samuel chapter 16, verse 14, it talks about Saul. And it says, the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul. First Samuel chapter 18, verse 12, it says, Now Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with him, but he had departed from David. You see, the way the principle works, let's look over at Second Chronicles. You guys gotta got to see this. Because... This is what the Bible teaches. In 2 Chronicles chapter 15, when Asa had messed up, man, it says in verse 1, Now the Spirit of God came upon Azariah the son of Obed, and he went out to meet Asa. And he said to him, Hear me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin. Here it is. The Lord is with you while you are with him. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. See, you're not stuck, man. You're not stuck. You want God? You got Him. He will never leave you. But if you don't want God, He'll honor that decision. And that's why it's important for us to learn from Samson, to learn from Saul, to learn from this warning right here in Second Chronicles chapter 15, verse 2. You see, Samson fell, he fell in love, and then Samson fell away. Psalm 101, verse 3, it says, I will set nothing wicked before my eyes. I hate the work of those who fall away. And I just want to encourage you guys today to stay with the Lord. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 38 says, Now the just shall live by faith, but if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. You know, it doesn't have to end this way, falling away, God departing from him. Does it end this way for Samson? No, thank God it doesn't. Although Samson doesn't really finish well, he does finish. And we talk about that, Lord willing, more next week. But today, I guess what I want to say is just kind of challenge you guys. Here's a scripture, you can write it down, you can look it up later. Joshua 7 verse 12. It talks about when the Lord had departed from Israel. And it says, Therefore the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies, but they turned their backs before their enemies because they have become doomed to destruction. But God said this, Neither will I be with you anymore, here it is, unless you destroy the accursed things from among you. And that's what God is saying to us today. Not in a condemning way, not in a derogatory way, not even in an idealistic way, but in a realistic way. You know, God is just saying, listen, I'm a holy God. I love you. And in order for us to stand and not fall, we need to be in right relationship with Him. 
And those accursed things, if there's anything that's getting in the way, like a Delilah or something else, God is saying, listen, what you need to do is you need to come back to me. Return to me today. You know, one of the things back in Judges that I think is real key, I know for me anyways, as I was going through this study, is I was just telling the Lord, you know, Lord, forgive me for loving things, you know, more than you. Um, you know, like right here, Judges 16, it happened that he loved a woman. You know, how, how different would it would have been if we would have read, now Samson loved the Lord. And that's really where it has to be tonight. You guys, my encouragement to you as we close this evening is, is just make sure that the number one love of your life is the Lord. You know, to know His cross, to know His love, to make sure that no relation, no ambition, no possession comes before Him. To keep it very simple, like we read in Luke 10, 27-28, so he answered and said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind. See, if we come back to that right relation with God, making Him first, then it's so cool how everything else falls into place. And so, Lord, we just thank You so much. Lord, that You would love us enough that You would warn us God, I don't want to fall. God, I don't want to fall in love with anyone or anything above You. And God, I don't want to fall away. I never want to come to that place in my life where I give my heart, where I tell my heart, right, Lord, just, you know, give it to someone or something else, Lord. Lord, I pray that I would be a pure man and that my heart would belong to You. And I pray that, Lord, tonight for my brothers and my sisters here, that if they can see, that if they can hear, that if they can feel, that if they can understand what Your Word is saying today, this Word of warning, that we would praise You and not take that lightly. Father God, You would help us today to really clean house to fear you. Lord, I love you. I thank you. And I just pray, Lord, that you would do this work in our life. We ask together in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you were encouraged by this study. If you have any questions, please call us at Calvary Chapel El Monte at air code 626-454-3414. Remember, that Jesus loves you.